podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast. The podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game. With me, your usual host, Russell Guyver. I've got a welcome return to Clive Steed, who's been on a couple of times before. A fab member, an ardent Albion fan, a Seagulls Over London member and a long-term Albion fan. Welcome back, Clive. Hi, Russ. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. And this is the eve of the game. The big one against Palace. So what better thing to do than to meet up with my new buddy of the last few months, Toby Kinder, who is a Palace fan, who we met, and you may recall if you listen to the show regularly, has been on the podcast before with his daughter, Cleo. Toby, welcome to the pod. Lovely to be here again, Russ. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's fantastic to have you with us, and we are at your local pub. Indeed, and the Guinness is good. It is good, it is good. Is it the best Guinness this side of the river? I would have to go on an odyssey of pubs to find out if I that's true I can guarantee it is, Russ. I'll take yeah. your word for it's that. exceptional Guinness. It is exceptional Guinness. It's good yeah, Guinness, it is isn't it? And we, we've had a few of them already. Yeah. <laughs> we've warmed ourselves up. Now we're ready for the pod. And before we get going any further, I should say I've got my Roberto De Zerbi t-shirt on. A bit cold to take my jumper off yet, but I'll get on to that later. But you have got an, a Christmas jumper on, which says, all I want for Christmas are you and a picture of Jordan Oye. Which I have to... Especially say, for you, Russ. What's that underneath? Oh, that's just more pants. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, of course, we love Jordan Ayew, especially when he scored that goal against us at the Amex. We particularly like, yeah, particularly yeah. liked him at that moment. And I have to say, I do sympathise with you regarding his sending off in a recent game. That was ridiculous. The Liverpool match. Sympathies gratefully accepted. <laughs> it was a shocker. Absolute shocker. So, Toby, we're on the eve of that lovely, lovely moment where we play each other, the, te- the hated teams. We, we, this is Christmas time. We talk about yep. pantomime. Is this pantomime villainy? Or do we really hate each other? I think, I, I think we, um, you know, we both... It's excruciating, frankly, isn't it? I mean, the, the derby is excruciating. We've, in fact, our, our two games leading up to playing you were Liverpool-Man City. And they're both games where, okay, if you get anything out of it, you feel great about it. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it, they don't mean that much. Whereas this one, I'm, I'm actually, got, I've got a knot in my stomach talking about it already, <laughs> 24 hours away. Because we just cannot afford to lose this. And yeah. you're the same, aren't you? Yeah. Come on, you know. That's exactly the words. Must not lose. There, there is, is the wording. There's no it? pleasure. There, yeah. There's pleasure to be gained from talking about it. There's pleasure to be gained with, from having a drink before the game. But when you actually think about the game itself, have you, have you got a single pleasurable thought in your head? I haven't. <laughs> that, that is exactly how I feel about it yeah. as well. And Clive, would you go concur with that? I, I, I would. The only, the only exception I'll say is, I think this year is probably not season-defining. I yeah. think... Um, Normally, you know, it's, you get the Christmas, um, we're not going to get relegated. Yeah, even Everton aren't going to get relegated this year, so that's kind of a done. And um, you want to beat Palace home and away, but um, yeah, for, for one year only, there's some other shit going on that just kind of, um, I'd happily lose this and win the next U- European round. Ooh. Well, yeah. If that's a choice, one or the other, I would, I would do that. Which is interesting because this is a rivalry we're talking about here. We can't, we can't say that, can we? But we just did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's normally the biggest game of the year, isn't it? It's the one you want to win. But yeah, one year only, I'll, I'll take a loss. In this particular year, because we're in Europe uh, for the first time. You're in Europe. No, in no Europe. Brighton fans ever mentioned we, that to we, me. We don't want to rub it in, Toby. No, no. I hadn't. I just. I noticed that. Do you not mention this? I noticed you in Europe. No, no, no one in sports Brighton's mentioned you. You're in Europe. Not at all. I'm sure no. you've never seen any of it on social media or anything. Absolutely not. No. But, but joking aside, because because this is our first year in Europe, it's the one year where we've got a different agenda to normal. So even to do with the league. We're thinking, well, where do we want to finish in the league is normally what we're thinking about. And yes, we, we would like to beat Palace home and away and finish 
such and such position, eighth or whatever. You avoid relegation and have a bit of a cut one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, can we get to Wembley? This is the one year where I would, I would agree with you. I would take a hit on, let's say, we haven't played you yet this season, Toby. Let's say if you took four points out of six against us and we advanced into the quarterfinals, I would take that. I'd Much as that. that would be painful. I'd take that as well. As long as you've got no further in the Because yeah. if I have to sit watching you lot in the European final... John. Yes. Uh, not no, with, no, no. Notwithstanding so all the messages I'll be sending you. If the deal is we get four points and you get to the quarterfinals and lose, I'm, I'm biting your hands off for that. Did I mention Absolutely. we were going to win the FA Cup in this scenario as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I kind of would go along with what you're saying, Clive. I know, I know what you mean. This is an exceptional season. It may not be repeated ever. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, we could do it every year. We don't know, but it's unlikely. Um, so we have got a focus on Europe. I don't think if we went to the quarters and that's as far as it went, we would be happy because I feel we could go further. Yeah. But, the draw is good. Yeah, yeah. The draw will make a difference to how that pans out. But uh, obviously the rivalry, yeah, it goes back as far as, as, as we all remember, pretty much. I'm 52, so I was five years old when it supposedly started, although... People I've spoken to, Albion fans, say it goes back further. There's a bit of an edge in some games in the early 70s, 71, 72. Who knows? Toby, for you, you're... How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 61. 61. So you yeah. would remember if that's true or not about those early 70s. Is, is there any, any truth in that? I'm, a, I'm only aware of... I, I think 75 onwards, really, yeah. was, was when I was conscious of yeah. it. Um, I I think it was really all down to being in the same divisions and yeah. always going for promotion at the same kind of time. And I I mean I was I'm at what 11, 12, that sort of time. So I yeah I mean for me the rivalry only goes back possibly forty eight years. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a funny one. And Clive, for you. What does the rivalry mean to you? When did it all became become tangible to you uh, about what it was and, and all that stuff? Uh, no, I'm a bit of a weirdo. I don't see it as a matter of rivalry. I'm I'm of the view that we're we're more alike than we are different. Uh, my hatred of, um, sort of Chelsea, Man U runs far deeper. And, I'm, I'm with you, Clive. And actually, you know, there was a. Um, uh, it, I was doing my homework this week and listening to some Palace uh, podcast and the stuff the Rent Foundation done quite recently, um, you know, donating a load of money to the Palace Foundation. Um, I, I remember the Fab at Brighton and we're actually talking about could we do something together as a, you know, could the Fabs get together and do some fundraising and do stuff together. Um, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Today we're in a slightly different place. But historically, we're far more alike as a as, yeah, as a club than we are apart. And um, I love to hate Palace. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, we're, we're more alike than we are apart. I would say. I, I see it as being a little bit like neighbours. You know, it might be rivals with neighbours in your plot. If you've got more in common than you have not, we're roughly the same size. You could debate the minor details of it, but we're roughly the same size club, aren't we? We've got the same history. Neither of us have won a major trophy yet. Um, yet. One of us has gone to Europe now, but it's fine. But anyway, but we, we are talking about that. No one's met. I'm not aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we. In essence, we are the same. We're peas in a pod, aren't we? We're from the same part of the world. We're from the same part of the country. You can almost look at this in, in international terms. I, I, I liken myself to Germans and Dutch and Scandinavians. We're, we're a nation, nations of geeks, we're nations of collectors, we're nations of, of football, you know, just, uh, well, consumers. And, and when you take it into a localised thing, the clubs, where we're talking about Palace and Brighton, as I said, same sort of size, same part of the world, the same sensibilities, the same outlook, I think. Not everyone's got the same politics or that, that sort of thing, but we all, we all have the same, I think, the same feelings about the rivalry, about football in general. Would you go along with that, Toby? Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, I think the interesting thing with our rivalry is that the, 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 the last, what, 
the last 10 years has, has really kind of put it on another level because yeah. because we um, we were talking earlier before we started the pod about when we when we played each other 20 years ago and uh, and it was it, it was like an out of the blue experience for most Palace fans and, and obviously most Brighton fans like we've not been in the same division for such a long time whereas the last 10 years obviously I, w- I won't go into it into your uh, deep trauma in too much detail but since since 2013 when we beat in the playoffs you know it, it, that kind of kicked off a whole a whole new level of rivalry we, we got in the Premier League then you, you ended up joining us and I think it's been very interesting actually what's happened since you you joined us in the Premier League because on all, all sorts of levels your club looks better run than ours your, your club seems to be able to do things that despite the fact we got there five years before you we've not been able to do and I think one of the um, if, you, if you go into Palace Twitter which I don't recommend doing because it's it's like descending into the third circle of Dante's <laughs> hell. Um, the, the most most of our younger fans will their, their um, main grievance against the ownership of Palace is why aren't we doing what Brighton do? Which is you know a jealousy on one level, also criticism of our of our club leadership and. Um, so I think you know that period, the last ten years, has been really interesting. That you you kind of caught us up, and many people say overtaken us. Yeah. Well, this is this is the twist. So when we were, we were doing the right thing, we were keeping our council, we were planning very meticulously under Tony Bloom, and he's got the big plan. We were watching teams like Bournemouth, who are one of our South Coast rivals. You could call them sort of. Um, who were just spending money, uh, spendthrifts. Eddie Howe was playing the same team every week. And they got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And they got to the fifth, or the quarterfinals of the League Cup, I think it was, playing the same players and going on an automatic promotion campaign. And we thought, oh, that's so fucking annoying. We've been planning this very carefully. They've just superseded us. Bournemouth, of all teams, and gone into the division above. But in the end, there's twists and turns in the narrative of football, isn't there? Always. So we've played the long game, and we're seeing the rewards of that now. We've, we've, we've kept our counsel. We saw them spend money, and we said, no, we'll keep trying to keep on an even keel, and the longer-term game will be worth it. And, yeah, Bournemouth have weirdly have ended up in the, in the Prem again, for example. But... We are substantially superior to them in terms of the way we operate now, in terms of our resources, all the rest of it works out well. With Palace, it's kind of, oh, it was four years, by the way, not five years, just, just to clarify. Uh, but you, yeah, you got in four years before us, and that rankles. And I've got to say, as a Brighton fan, I'm pretty sure most Brighton fans will say, say the same. It irritates us that you've been there for four more years. He's smirking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And, and so shitty but we're, we're happy with what we've done which has taken longer got in there but unlike a lot of clubs we've looked like we would be able to hold our own it took a couple of years of sturdy work with Chris Hewton it took a painful decision to make a change but it's worked and I think we're in there for the long run I think you guys probably are because I think despite everything you just seem to be comfortable every year don't you it's really annoying Toby I think I can remember I I went to my old job I went to a a lecture where the the guy was giving the lecture he talks about the um, in the mid 80s the the Russian space shuttle and the American space shuttle basically the Americans kept Americans had this fantastic system you know they had all the money to throw at it and they, they kept having these disasters with their space shuttle. The Russians sent up their space shuttle and they it um, they basically held it together with sellotape and chewing gum. And it, and it stayed up there year after year after year. And in the end, he, he said, in the end, NASA got so obsessed with the fact that the Russians could keep the space shuttle up there held together with sellotape and chewing gum. They actually had three people studying the theory of holding things together with sellotape and chewing gum. 
And it feels a little bit like that's how Palace have stayed in the Premier League for, for 10 years. <laughs> like you, you've got this system and, and everything fits the system and the scouting's perfect. And we just, we've had every firefighter going, we've had season after season where it looks like we ought to have gone down then we have a, a, a miraculous turnaround. It never feels like there's any consistency and yet we constantly still seem to stay there. And I like, I like that analogy, you know, it's like, I don't think there's a system, but somehow or other, the lack of a system becomes a system. And yeah. I think you speak to a lot of, a lot of Palace fans that say, I wish we could do, obviously Brentford's the other example, I wish we could do what Brighton do, I wish we could do what Brentford do, which is where we have this kind of global uh, scouting system and we've got, you know, our third reserve left back for three seasons from now has already been recruited. <laughs> I know we haven't got that. You probably have. <laughs> Brentford have. But somehow... Somehow it works as it that's is. That's not Palace. It's like, it's like a tumble-down house is somehow yeah. staying up. Yeah. And somehow it works. I don't yeah. know why, and but it does. You know, we bought back we bought back Roy in late March last Do year. When a good idea? It should have been, really been, been a regressive step, shouldn't it? Because it? It, somehow it's not. It, you know, we had, we had a fantastic April... And, and yet, would you have had that with Vieira though? Who knows? Who knows? But and yet, the, the fantastic April we have with Roy, we beat Leicester on the. I think it was the first of April. It was a. Uh, it was a one all. It was going to be a one all draw, and Jean Philippe Mateta, who hadn't scored for us for months, scored the best goal, took the best first touch he's ever taken for us, and scored in the 94th minute. And then we went on to have this kind of winning run. There's no science in that. There's no science in that. It's just, it's pure Palace. It's... It seems to me that Palace lead a charmed life somehow. Incredibly. Yeah. Incredibly. There's something about it. it. Everything about it. Sticking with the same manager, getting rid of him, trying something ambitious, getting away with it, even though it doesn't work. Getting the old manager back, which shouldn't at that point work, but it does. And then holding on to him for yeah. another season. And and also when I think it was the first or second season, I remember Steve Parrish being interviewed somewhere, I can't remember where. And he he was asked something about scouting and planning and all that stuff. And he said, Well, we haven't really got a scouting network at all. <laughs> and he thought, how how have you even got into the Premier League? Without that, because so many clubs do have that, and that should give them an advantage. How has he managed? And it was almost like an afterthought. He said, oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Oh, yeah, we haven't really got that. And yet, then we get Eberichieze, probably the best player, in, player. The, in, in the championship that season. And next year, we get yeah. Michael Elise, probably the best player in the championship. Um, and again, they're very kind of, they're very kind of Palace Play. signings, you know. Yeah. Just, I mean, we're not, you know, we haven't got people out scouting Ecuador like you lot, <laughs> and yet two years in a row we get the best player from the championship. Um, I, I've heard rumours there's there's an embryo that's just uh, manifested itself in Albania, yeah. and we're, we're talking like 16 years from now. <laughs> it's going to be the youngest ever Albion player and in the Premier, in the, in the Champions League. As since was in Albania. What's that again? As Hinchin was dad's been out, been doing something in Albania that he shouldn't have done. Something like that. Fifth generation Hinchwood, uh, maybe. Well, well, it could be, who knows? Yeah, it, it is intriguing how different systems. I mean, yeah, we're talking about a few points between us, but we're in the same division, we're in the same league, the, the same magnificent, elaborate, most affluent league in the world. With a matter of points between us, with yeah. two completely different systems. Yeah. One that seems to be very meticulous and machination-based, and the other one which seems to be a bit, a bit haphazard, if I may say so, Toby. And yet, Sell the same chewing gum. Yeah, yeah, Sticky yeah. back plastic. Yeah. <laughs> and and obviously, Roy. You know, we've at the moment we, we've got Roy for this season, and already. Obviously, conversation. He's clearly not going to be the manager next season. So, do you, said that before. do you then go for you know? Do you do you then go for an unknown for a manager that works for you? I don't think that'll work for us. I just don't think it'll work for no, us. No, because and, I think that uh, with the Albion, I think there's there's a big picture brand 
which involves several component parts. Yeah. So the, the idea of the head coach being the type of head coach we had appoint, the deservings, goes with a certain backdrop as well. Yeah. That, uh, that notion of the algorithms, the type of players we're getting, the, there's a whole academy thing, there's all of that stuff. With you guys, I think it's more shorter term uh, fits, good fits. That's yep. what you normally go by, isn't it? Would you say that's true? Yeah, and yet, and yet we've got a very good history of bringing people through from the from the youth as well, you know. And, and, and obviously, your you know your great favourite, Wilfred Zaha. Oh yes. Um, we, we, <laughs> But, He's going to knock us out of the Europa League in the quarterfinals. You know that. I, I, I can. <laughs> I'm. In fact, one of my great pleasures this season was watching Galatasaray at Old Trafford, seeing Wilf score at Old Trafford. Yeah. So he, old, he obviously oh, had a he obviously had a terrible time, but you know he he left us with with the best wishes of every Palace fan to go and try and play in the Champions League, and then he ends up playing for a team who get drawn against a club that he had a terrible time at through no fault of his own and scores against him. You know, that was a that was a great moment for us. It's beautiful. I, I quite enjoyed that moment. And. Uh, <laughs> So, but you know we've we've got we've got a great academy. We've you know Tyrick Mitchell's come through. You know absolutely. Um, you know won his place at left back. Um, we've got David Ozo came on yeah, against City. Man City. Yeah. Um, so we've we've got a great academy. Um, and I, I I suspect that managers other than Roy will probably be. Be using the academy more to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Roy, Roy is, as everyone knows, pretty whisker averse. It's getting that right fit, isn't it? I, I, yeah. At some point, you're going to hit on the right formula. Yeah. And you, there's a, there's a there's a wealth of talent in South London. Yeah. We're not going to read it off here because it's too long a list. But there's, there's yeah. endless names you can mention of people who are in the South London area. Do you think Palace are not quite tapping into that enough at the moment? And if not, why not? Is that to do with the profile? I, I, I think it's a huge amount of competition, to be honest. I mean, Chelsea, I, I think we were, Arsenal as well, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, I know a couple of people who work for Arsenal and they've, they've got a long history from, you know, Michael Thomas and David Rowcastle, you know, they've, they've always, um, Emil Smith-Rowe, they've always looked south of the river to recruit. So, well, you know, it's their roots, isn't it? You, well, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tottenham friends will love that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of competition now. And particularly, obviously, now we're in a situation where we've got so many Premier League clubs, um, so many clubs from London who are in the Premier League, everyone looking for who they can get into their academy. I mean, I, I, I still think we're, you know, the kind of Lewisham, Southwark, Croydon, Triangle... We're bringing a lot of players in, and I, I think it's always about who, you know, who's ready to make that step up. And you look at Man City, say, you know, Pep's got that advantage, hasn't he, of being able to because they because they can uh, cruise their way through the Champions League. You get to your sixth game in the Champions League, you can bring in kids that no one's ever heard of. Again. You know, we don't, we can't do that in Premier League. You can't do that yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. Know. What's interesting about youth is is also the levels. We've had, we have players coming through the system in the past who have not quite made the grades. Yeah. And now, I don't know why, but it, it, there might be reasons for it. But it feels as if now we're at the peak level. Yeah, we're a Premier League team. We could offer Europe, all that stuff. We seem to be getting through better players at the moment we talked about Jack Hinchelwood yeah he, he looks a really bright intelligent yeah clear reader of the game young man and that's is that coincidental it probably is because it's only by chance he's come through now when we're in the Premier League he could have come through five years ago when we were a jobbing team in the Prem or seven years ago when we were a championship side we don't seem think to be getting better players. But don't you think that's also got to do with the... And, and I think you've got to give Guardiola and probably Klopp a, a huge amount of credit for this, that, that actually the, the level of coaching 
generally has yeah, gone so far up. Yeah. And and I, I've I've got a couple of friends who are coaches who, who work for Premier League clubs. You know that goes all the way down. So you know if if when Guardiola came in, when, when was that? Now seven eight years ago. Yeah, but you know if you had the the uh, you know eight years ago you had the under tens playing to that system. You've got kids now coming through the system. Who you know? If you're a right back, if you if, you know if you're if you're an 18 year old right back, when you were 10, yeah. you'd have been taught my job's to go and get the ball off the keeper and to play one twos, work the ball, work the ball upfield. Yeah. Whereas 30 years ago, if you're right back, you know you're ball, told mark your winger. If you up. get the ball, you can't. You're no good when it comes to passing. You whack out the field. So I think the quality of coaching in the Premier League which has gone all the way down through the youth systems means that the players coming through now are are so much more ready thank you sir we've got some more Guinnesses coming in we're in an Irish bar as we mentioned the Crown and Cushion and it's a great Irish bar it's Toby's local and they do a very good pint of Guinness amazing actually and luckily we've had our uh, our latest incarnation of that which is, I think, uh, well, I, I have one uh, Christmas ale, but you guys are on, is this number five, I think? It's, this is number five. Number yeah. five. And number it five. tastes just as good as the first one. Cheers. Cheers, I, fellas. I, I wager it, it might even taste better. Cheers. Cheers, guys. So, yes, I, I think the hotbeds, you, you look at, when you, when you think about youth term, you're thinking about places like Newcastle, Manchester, South London. Yeah. For me, those are the three that stand out. Do you think it goes beyond that as well? I mean, are we missing a load of talent in Wales or somewhere? And, and could you, could we tap into that? I don't know, really. I mean, I, I obviously, I'm, I live around here. So, you know, what I know is there are loads and loads of kids who learn to play Cage football on estates, playing in the, playing in the cages. Yeah. And, and I think in terms of, you know, it's a very... Obviously, the three players that I would, you know, from, from Palace point of view, uh, you know, Wilf, obviously, but then Eze, Elise, you know, they're young kids who've learned to play football in a very contained way. They, you know, burnish their skills yeah. playing in small spaces on the States. It goes beyond that as well, doesn't it? Balassi, you've got... Um Last Wasn't year. one or two of the was Jermaine Defoe? Was it South London? Or there's a couple of other people like yeah. that, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess there's a you know there's a very sort of specific thing, isn't there, about re- recruiting kids who've, who've grown up in that kind of environment. And we, you know, as as we were saying, then it, then it's about at what age they start to get coached and at what age they start to learn that there's more than just like not making your mate and having a laugh about it because you know. That's, that's what kids do, and, and and then it's about learning the game, isn't it? You know, and uh, certainly I've seen, you know, Eze got released by Millwall at 16, which is great. You know, it's got, You're awesome. smiling about that. Wait, one. Hilarious. Hilarious. Wait, wait. No, no, because, <laughs> because because even my Millwall mates said to me he got released because quotes he wasn't a Millwall type of player. Yeah, I did. The open, so not even just about size, <laughs> is it? It's about the type of and he's completely a palace. And uh, I've got a couple of QPR mates who are desperate for us to sell him because they, they get a cut of that. <laughs> well, what but, do you know? know? Yeah. Um, he'll be, you know, I, I think he'll be uh, he'll be in the top six club within two years and, and be playing regularly for England because no, no one Brilliant plays player. like he does. No yeah. one, no one plays like he does. There's not another player in. In the, uh, I mean, I, lo- I love watching Madison. Yeah. Um, I think Madison's a fantastic player, but I don't think he's got the ability to glide around with the ball that Eze's got. You know, Eze's yeah. got a natural swagger, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And if you look at Palace, um, you would say you wouldn't say that they've got an abundance of wealth of talent, but you would say Eze, Elise, albeit injured at the moment, and um, a Gaye as well in, in defence. Gehi will be the first to those, go. Those, are, those three players are... So. Yeah, Gehi will he's be the pr- first He's to a go. brilliant player. He's their best player. Um, after next summer, Gehi will have nailed down his place as, as the left-sided centre-back in the England team. And he's the one I'm most worried He'll about. He'll go to Arsenal or somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. 
I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think every top six club will want. We said it off air, didn't we? Yeah. And as soon as you started saying it, I knew what yeah. you were going to say. He played with Dunk in one of those friendlies, and that, and that I, was that was a superb combination. They seem to understand each other say, uh, naturally. Yeah, and I, as I said, a grudging respect for Lewis Dunk for several reasons. But that was a that was a, a fantastic England centre back partnership, yeah. and it was actually better than any of the other ones that Southgate had come up what, with. What is Slaphead? He's got to be a better player. Or <laughs> well, crab face, as my wife calls him. <laughs> but joking aside, I mean, as we said, they they played it, they found it worked, they ignored it, but. I think those two non- un- worked almost su- supernaturally well as a, as a partnership. Why would you not look at? Wouldn't it be a fantastic scenario if Gay stayed at Brighton uh, at uh, Palace, Dunk stayed at Brighton, and they ended up being a long-term partnership for England? That would be a story, wouldn't it? Oh, it wouldn't be long-term, would it? Dunk got the well, no, no. Okay, two to three, <laughs> two to three year story. Let's say, yeah. Dunk has Dunk has clearly improved. You know, well, I think he was several levels. He was Zerbi, hasn't he? He yeah. was better than people gave him credit for. Right, but you're right. He has improved a lot as well. I mean, I, I always thought yeah. he was a, he was a very, let's say, effective centre back. He's, no, a, he's a better ball player than I think you might have thought yeah, he yeah. was. But I always thought, you know, throw himself in front of anything. But he, I, I didn't realise. He played, he, honestly, Toby, he played 80-yard passes. Yeah. Back they in the day when you're talking about. Unbelievable, aren't they? He, he's always been that good. Has he? I think so. I think he's, I, I think it's been fine-tuned by Deserby. But he used to play 80-yard passes. Six seven years ago, and I thought, fuck, Maybe fuck the is good. Is the players they're playing it to, yeah, exactly, and now exactly. do something with it because the goal goes in, and you go, yeah. what a pass from Dunk made that. Um, and, and, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe the passes were always there, yeah, yeah. but the end product on the back of those passes is really leading something. Yeah, that's the key. And uh, of course, you've got Chao Pedro with his perfect first touch. <laughs> That's the one thing with it. Do you know what? Michael Owen, I've got, you've got to love Michael Owen. Everybody at the Albion has said, Joao Pedro, what a player. Good finisher, good penalty taker, good hold-up play, but his first touch to get to the hold-up play scenario has been his weakness. Michael Owen goes, oh, he's got great hold-up play, good, really good first touch. I thought, no, he hasn't. He really does Not yet. But he's only 22, 23. Uh, he's got it all. He's got it all. He can finish. He can take pens. He can hold the ball up. Yeah. The ball does bounce off him, though. It has to be said. Michael Owen also said Brighton was everybody's second team. Yes. Which Not everyone. Like, as soon as you said that, I thought of you, Toby. There, there's a few. No, yeah, he doesn't get everything right. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's not Portsmouth or Southampton's second team. Yeah. It's probably not Palace's second team. It's probably not a couple of other teams, I think, second team. Oh, you got you got to love him. But Martin Kewen once said on Football Focus, Leeds are everyone's second team. I would really, I, I would, I would assert the notion that they are almost nobody's second, second, second team. If you live through the seventies, they they were yeah, I see what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were everybody's most hated team. I, far more than. Man United in yeah. the seventies. Everyone, if you weren't a Leeds supporter, the irony is both of them had a green off, didn't they? Yes, yeah. indeed. Well, there we go. That, on that matter, uh, so let's talk about the rivalry. What does the rivalry mean to you, Toby? Well, you can swear said, if you want to. No, I just, I, I, as I said, you know, it's it's a game you cannot enjoy, and yeah. Uh, you, and you, you, you can, you, knots, you can not enjoy it in a completely different way to playing Liverpool, Man City, where, where funnily enough, we, we, someone, me and a couple of my mates the other day were talking about when we were in the Championship. Going, the great thing about the Championship was every Saturday morning you woke up and thought we might win today, we might lose, we might draw. You know, you know, in the Premier League, it's not like that, and and that you've got like. 
probably a third of the games you play where you kind of you basically set out thinking if we do anything other than lose today this you is incredible you can't put it right on a Wednesday you know, there's no Wednesday yeah, game exactly yeah. but you know you when you play and we've we've actually had a very good record against the top six so you know we've, we've really good record against Man City pretty good record against Man United but even so you know you, you don't have that kind of happy go lucky hey let's we'll just set off and see how this result when you play when we play Brighton it's just your your number one feeling all day is we can't we lose, can't lose yeah. we, we just can't lose and the funny thing is we've had I've lost track of how many one all draws we've had because it's almost you know almost get that feeling like everyone's going to go Okay, that's all right then. You know, it's, it's so almost it's transferred to the players as well. Well, clearly, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And I remember the one where, where we played you, uh, which would have been January last year, so almost two years ago. Um, and you you outplayed us as you have several times. And then we we scored this incredible goal where we we actually put about thirty passes together, and Conor Gallagher scored. Oh, make yeah. it one all, and you just go. Every member of the team touched yeah. the ball, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The most unpalace. Yeah. Goal, but, but you know, you just go. That's all right. It's one all, and that will be fine for everyone because you know, no one, no one's going to be partying, but no one's going to be sick. So it's a kind of weird, you know. It's we we love the idea of it. It's not that. It's not actually a very enjoyable experience. I agree with you. Yeah, mm. I love I love the whole build up around it. I love all the shenanigans. I don't all, like the build up actually. Uh, I just. I feel really nervous for a few days beforehand. Yeah, <coughs> listening to podcasts this week, it just, you know, you feel. I, I get if we had a full team, yeah, you, it should be a, yeah, you'd bet on us to win, and I and I bet on us to lose regularly, but um, yeah, yeah, you, you should be more confident going to it than you are, and but I get it's all better off, aren't they? <laughs> Well, yeah, there's, there's, there is that. It's neutralised. All yeah. derbies, all rivalry games, whatever you want to call them, are neutralised, are they, by default? Yeah. But I also think they, they, they sort of, um, they live in history for much longer. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've got, I've got a couple yes. of really good mates from Man City fans, and, you know, we, we, we got a great result with City. 95th minute penalty, fantastic. And we kind of messaged each other, and... And they kind of go, oh, we're always shit against you at home. And you go, blah, blah. And that's kind of forgotten then. Whereas no result between us has ever forgotten. And we, you know, before we came on air, we're sitting there Everyone, going, oh, God, I've never... Yeah. You know, we can all remember all of the games. And, and you know, you know that when we've beaten you, which you have to say in the last sort of five years, is usually completely undeserved, you know... The, the, the defeats we've inflicted on you must have been sickening. Um, you, you know that and they, the they, game they in stick particular. in your throat, and and, and and the one at Selhurst, the, the knockout goal at Selhurst. You know, so, they, yeah. you know that they stick with you forever. Yeah. Whereas so many results against against and even against other London sides. You know, mate. Obviously, I've got mates who are Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham. You know, go. Yeah, yeah, I've forgotten them. What, what, yeah, what do you see as the big, uh, as a Palace fan, what are the big London clubs in order? What do you know, who would you like to beat? Yeah, Palace. I mean, we love, we love, we love to beat any of them, but you know, to be honest, they're they're all. They're, I mean, we. I, I I I can't. I don't think I can put them in order. We we've had a very good record against West Ham. And, and for some reason or other, West Ham, West Ham are funny because they're because they're main rivals of Millwall. Like they hate yeah, Millwall, yeah. and but none. And Tottenham, of, a bit yeah, of but I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think any. But Tottenham's they're they're, they're Tottenham's second rivals. So yeah, I think West Ham have this yeah. kind of weird complex where there's no one else in the Premier League that they, you know, Tottenham are much more concerned about Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. and so West Ham suddenly had this kind of well, yeah, it's really. Games against Crystal Palace and really matter. Chelsea as well. But but uh, anyway, we've just done really well against them. Um, and I, the others don't mean that much to me. I'm, I'm go- we've got Chelsea as our in, uh, quote Boxing Day game on the 27th, and we're away at Chelsea. 
And uh, I mean, I would bloody love to win away against Chelsea. I mean, that, that, would, that would be. Yeah, we, we should have beaten them, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, could have, should have maybe a bit strong. Could have beaten them. The thing I laughed about your, I, I, funnily enough, I was in Germany that weekend, and we ended up in the pub, and that game was on telly. And uh, the, 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 what I took from that was that Conor Gallagher, having played for us, still clearly hates you just yeah. as much. Now he's wearing a Chelsea shirt yeah. and went on, went for two absolutely ludicrous tackles. Was it Benny Gilmore? Yeah. He took out. And then not, the best bit is he decided to walk off really slowly. So we were singing, Cheerio, you palace scum. Cheerio, you palace scum. And because he walked slowly, we kept singing it for about yeah. three minutes. <laughs> he just kept, he, he, he really shot himself in the foot there. That's a player I really like. I know a lot of people don't, but can't really race him, yeah. Oh, he's a good, he's a good player. Yeah, no, I, I just... Well, I mean, this is the, you know, when I was talking about the kind of theory of how Palace keep operating... I, I seriously don't believe that Patrick Vieira had Gallagher as a, a, a as a serious weapon in his arsenal before that season. And we and we and we bought we we've made some good signings because we, we bought both Gehi and Anderson in. Gallagher came in as a loan signing very late, and then through a couple, as a result of a couple of injuries, Vieira started playing Gallagher and MacArthur as the two most uh, forward-thinking midfielders. And the two of them, they're like Duracell bunnies. And so suddenly you had this midfield with these two lunatics who never stopped running. <laughs> and I think Vieira lucked out on that. I mean, my, my view is, I don't think Vieira's a particularly good coach. I wasn't I, impressed with him, and I do think you're right. I, I think, think Gallagher, Gallagher took enhanced him, his reputation. Gallagher yeah. took took Vieira through most of that season, yeah. and of course, when we we ended up getting to the cup semi final, we played Chelsea. Gallagher couldn't play for us against Chelsea, and, that was big, yeah. and we were awful. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he drove you, didn't yeah. he? That yeah. season. Yeah. And he's, uh, I mean, uh, and I do think he's he's worth his place in the England squad because that's what he can do. Yeah, he he, he drives the team forward. Well, Toby, Clive, I, I'm desperately in the toilet. So I think it's time to have a quick break at this stage. And we'll get some more beers in. Right, part two. We're two or three more Guinnesses to the good. And we've just been talking about one of your favourite moments in terms of the rivalry, Toby. Go on, indulge yourself. Okay, so I mean, there's there's never going to be a game that will outdo the absolute hilarity of when we beat you during COVID. When I think we had two touches in the box and we beat you two one. Yeah. And you had one shot on goal in here or something. And when Andros Townsend was running down the wing in the 94th minute, all we were thinking was get the ball in the corner because otherwise they'll get the ball and they'll go at the end. And he put a crossover and everyone's going, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And then Christian Benteke hit it with a perfect volley. And I, I not only laughed for five hours after that, I also, I, having already drunk a bottle, because it was during COVID, and I was sitting there... Having already drunk a bottle of Carver, I opened another bottle of Carver <laughs> and got absolutely pissed. On I, do, my I own. would have done exactly the same thing. And people, people I hadn't spoken to for three or four years were messaging me going, how the fuck did you do that? So yes, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I, I can't imagine my whole life there's ever going to be a, a football match quite as funny as that one. Uh, up to you, lads. Yeah, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. Obviously, from a, a, a prevailing point of view, that there's nothing better than the most ridiculous of unjustified wins if you are that team. As you can imagine, Toby, from the other side of the equation, that is one of the most angst-inducing, angering, infuriating ways to lose a game you could possibly imagine. 
And I say that because I want to indulge you and I can see you smirking away, nodding away. Let's let him enjoy this moment. <laughs> oh, so what's your equivalent then? Like, what, Tell me, when. What, what was your most pleasing result against us? Right, well, in, in I'll come memory. to you in a minute, Clive, but mine, by far and away, was the McShane game. So, here we've got... Uh, we've, we've been waiting to play you for years and years and years and years. We finally play you. We lose 5-1. 5-0. Uh, 5-0. 5-0. Yes, yes, 5-0. <laughs> and so things go on for a year or two. And then we're playing you again. And I think... I can't remember. I think it was the second game, wasn't it, that season? And uh, McShane, who was on loan from Man United, had scored an own goal a game or two earlier. And I fancied him to score for us. It was going to be a cagey game. It's all going to be about set pieces and scrappy shit. I thought, yeah, have a look at that. The uh, the odds on a centre-back now, on average, are 15 to 1, 20 to 1, something like that. Back then, they were 40 to 1. So I thought, right, let's have a look. The odds that were given that night were 50 to 1 for a centre-back to score. So I thought, right, let's have McShane, first scorer, 10 quid, 50 to 1. Then I got a bit nervy, thinking, shit, it could be the last game in a scrappy match. I put another 10 quid on him. Last scorer, 50 to 1. 10 quid. So I've pledged 20 quid. Potential winnings. The only scorer. The only scorer. And so we, we scored the goal. Uh, the beauty of which was it came off the defender's shoulder. It wasn't scored by McShane at all, <laughs> which I love. That's the best bit about that. That's just one for the bookies, though, Toby. And, uh, we, yeah, and that was the only goal of the game. We went nuts. We were, as, as we were talking off air, or maybe on air, earlier on, Toby, we were talking about the Arthur Wade stand. The Albion fans were down the uh, wholesale end of the Arthur yeah, Wade stand. Yeah, yeah. And in massive numbers, amazing atmosphere, amazing noise. We scored that goal. Everyone went nuts. I went several rows away from where I started. I, gen- I genuinely think I was about eight or nine rows away in the end when I, I came to yeah. my senses, having scored that goal. Then I realised, oh yeah, I've won 500 quid, 10 quid at 50 to one. And then Clinton Morrison went through on goal, you might remember. And we'd seen the flag go up way before you guys had. All the wholesale lot went nuts. He scored. They went crazy. We were already doing the signals, you know, the traditional signals at the Palace fans because we knew what was happening. And then it's only after that I thought, oh, yeah, I had 10 quid on McShane to score. So not only are we beating Palace... I've won 500 quid. Then, fast forward 10 minutes later, I'm walking out the grounds, and that's when I suddenly thought, oh yeah, I put a bet on the last scorer as well. And this is before smartphones. So I phoned my missus on my mobile and said, can you log into my account and see if there's about 1,200 quid in there? And she went, oh, yes, yes, there is. I thought, right, so I've won on both the bets with Shane, first scorer, last scorer. At 50 to 1. Okay. Give the, me that one. That, that's the best. And, and it gets better. It gets better, Toby. Because I was with a guy called... Um, uh, well, his name is... Um, how can I put this? It's Spencer Vignes. It's spelt Vines, V-I-G-N-E-S. But it's Spencer Vignes. He's a, uh, a journalist. He wrote for Guardian, Observer, Match of the Day magazine, the Albion programme, that sort of stuff. And he was a mate of a mate of a mate. I ended up going to the game with him. And we walked around and he said, oh yeah, good to meet you, but I need to go and get my ticket. I've had to pay for it, but I've got to collect it through the club. Okay, so we walked around, this is before the game, obviously. So we walked around and he collected this ticket. And we're in amongst all the Palace fans. So we're walking around, past the Holmesdale, curving back to the off. Oh shit, oh no. Smelt his Guinness. Whoa! <laughs> right, so I spilled my uh, my Guinness all over the table. 
this is not the first time. Anyway, I was coming back to my story. So walking out the ground, I've realised I won a thousand pounds. I've got it confirmed from my wife. I'm with Spencer, this guy who's a journalist but a Brian fan. And we went to Ballam, to a pub in Ballam. Uh, who, well, someone, someone's friend was there, something, something, something. So we went there and we're in this pub and they've got um, Pete Townsend playing on the screen, just like the one over there. And I said, oh, uh, what's going on there? He goes, oh yeah, we have a load of um, good, we have some really good musicians coming in this pub. So what you're probably looking at is a relay of something before. And then the guy that we were with, the friend of the friend of the friend, went to the loo and came back and said, oh no, that's actually live. That's happening now. So I said, right, so you're saying Pete Townsend is playing in this pub now? He goes, yeah. So we went in and got the last 20 minutes of Pete Townsend doing a bluesy gig. Bearing in mind I've just won a thousand pounds and seen my team be the arch rivals for the first time in 20 years or something like that. It was quite a good night. Does that answer your question, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got my Deserby top, has already been beer spilled. But Clive, you, you can appreciate the Moretti Deserby top, can't you? I can, but I've got nothing on my best Palace game. I mean, I just, uh... We should have gone with you first, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on, go on, go on. No, tomorrow night. I'm going tomorrow night, it's going to be the best night ever. That's a hell of a fucking profession, isn't it? You're, that, that, tomorrow night is going to be the best night of your life. I don't think I quite said that. You yeah, sort of, yeah, no, I mean, sort of did. Football-wise, football-wise. I think you turn up at the Amex and think we're going to absolutely batter someone. And I think that when Dessert Be Ball kicks in, one day it will happen. And... Probably tomorrow's not the night for it, but we know. We, we've been saying for several years, we're playing great stuff, we're doing some good things. This is the year we're going to thump them. Get, get you back for that Andy Johnson hat-trick game, the 5-0. We said it year after year after year. Clive, at the back of his mind, I suspect, thinks this might be the day. I think it's possible, but I'm not, I'm not convinced. What about you, Toby? Do you think we're going to batter you? I'd say we... Uh, two weeks ago, we lost very unluckily to Liverpool 2-1. Yeah. Last week, we drew deservedly with Manchester City 2-2. This has got Albie written all over it, hasn't it? So... <laughs> now, now we've got those two relatively unimportant games out of the way... <laughs> Now it's down to business. There's only one way this game's going, isn't it? So uh, if I if I was you, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be banking on an easy game at all. But in the way that these things go, as I said, if it ends up one all, I'd say everyone goes away going, thank fuck for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank fuck for that. This it's is the thing. We got that thing. one out of the way. Thank fuck for that. This yeah. is the psyche. Do not lose. That's the thing. We'll take a draw, a disappointed yeah. draw, even. Let, an, another one that we can, another one that we can ignore. It doesn't matter. You know, we had two of those last season, didn't we? They were both short two, games. Two, two one-all games. Nervy. Nothing much, that much. We said, and we both, we were all able to come away from that game. Didn't lose anything there. You know. And uh, earlier in this season, I'd have been terrified of this game, but I'm not now. Yeah, I think I think that's true because uh, early in the season we carried on our form from last season. But I do think that's gone by the by, isn't it? I, I, I think it's more. I think one day the Derby ball will abs- a bit like Villa did to us. I think we will do to, unto someone else. Um, I hope I know that's going to happen but I'm not sure it will but I just I, I feel we are due and probably a squad doesn't suggest that's the case but you know I think one day it will click and total football will just like and that one day won't be tomorrow well you hope because <laughs> Hodgeball Hodgeball yeah. you, you ball okay but when you come up against Hodgeball 
tomorrow night. Like, like Man City, uh, if you saw Match of the Day, uh, the space they gave to the wingers, which I thought, yeah, they let the wingers do what they wanted to do, but I think that if Mateo was playing tomorrow and is on fire, then uh, he could come in for the wing and do some real damage, I think, actually. We've, um, the, the result against City was was absolutely no surprise because the, the last six years you got and, I, and I've been to three of these we've um, we've gone to the Etihad and we, we have lost twice but one of those we were 2-0 up and should have been 3-0 up at half time um, uh, but out of the six games we've won twice and drawn twice and Roy absolutely is a you know he looks he looks at Pep and says okay this is how this is how we came to that, and I think I think because you similarly deserve he's got a style. I think Roy, I, we're we're much worse when we play against teams that don't have a recognisable style. You know, we we lost to Luton, yeah, stupidly, stupidly lost to Luton. Top but I, your match but of I, the day. But <laughs> I think when we you know when when we come up against you, it'll be it's like. Roy loves that. Roy loves that. Anyway, if if you was if you were to say to me, here's a grand, lump it on the score, I'd go one all. Clearly, I'll go, I'll go one all as well. Actually, yeah, you can't. As a betting man, you can't argue with that, really. Yeah. Obviously, we all know what we want the result to be. I, I think an early Brighton goal would change that. An early Palace goal would change that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I think if Brighton went ahead, Palace would have to do something, and I think they would invite Brighton to do more. Um, so I, I think actually, an early, yeah, I, I think if Brighton scored early, um, yeah, personally, I think you try and chase the game, and that would go against you. Um, I see it going nil nil at 70 minutes, and someone trying to do something, and we'll go from there. Really. I think Roy has a very, very specific way of playing. And on, on Saturday, you know, we were 2-0 down at Man City. And you just think at that point, OK, you're just going to kind of wash your hands of this and go. And yet, he held everything tight. Then bought on a couple of attacking substitutions. Started, started running at them a bit. And... Um, were they full substitutions? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's, uh, um, Roy gets a lot, there's a lot of kind of, um, uh, I, I just say, you know, Roy's characterised as someone who, who's fundamentally about defence, but he's, he's actually very good at springing attacking surprises, and they've been, some really good results we've had when where he's just kind of having held something in place then throwing on something which changes things from an attacking perspective so I wouldn't you know I wouldn't put it past him okay well wrapping things up then Toby while I mop up my Guinness on my legs and t-shirt uh, what does it mean to you to be a Palace fan it's to be honest, it's a, it's a lifetime of belonging to something, fundamentally, isn't it? And, and, and I think one of the most depressing things about modern football quotes fan culture is, particularly, I, I, I have no idea with whether this is the same for you at Brighton, but at Palace, you know, this, this kind of sense of entitlement and this idea that, you know, you just need to... Oh, your chairman's a terrible person because they're not going to go and spend 200 million to buy whoever the hottest new striker is. You know, that's not what, that's not what it's about. I, I started following Palace in the early 70s and in the first two years that I followed Palace, they went from the first division to the second division to the third division. But that was my club and that's been my club ever since. Um, and you know when I see people and obviously they're, they're mostly young kids who, who are on Twitter kind of demanding that you you should be kind of bankrupting the club 
to get into Champions League places. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. And actually, if we do get, you know, if we get relegated this year or the next year, so what? We've we've got a club, uh, and for me, my, you know, I go I go with my daughter, I go with my friend, my friend's son. That's what matters, and I'll I'll be following Palace whether they're in the Premier League or Division One, um, and we're. As I, as I repeatedly say to people on Palace Twitter, this is the best time ever to be a Palace fan. This is 10 years solid in a row we've been in the top division. That's never happened before. So fuck knows what you're moaning about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a commitment, isn't it? It's a, it's a way of life. And when you've done that well for that long, you can enjoy it. Why not? Clive, what about you? What's it mean to be a Brian fan? Today or in general, in general. Um, I think we're very lucky where we are at the moment. Um, but also, I, I, I guess I'm. I wouldn't want a, an Abramovich or a Saudi oil money. You know, we've got an incredibly wealthy owner who does an amazing thing to our club. But um, I wouldn't trade that for Chelsea tomorrow, actually. And if Tony starts putting money in. Um, I think the foundation what he's built is amazing and um, if you turn the tap off tomorrow um, there's no complaints here really um, I'd much rather be that than a Reading or a Derby County at the moment really who you know, their ownership hasn't really gone that well has it and um, so yeah I'm, I'm super excited for I mean European football has been amazing and I genuinely wish that on any club that's never had it. Yeah, and I include Palace in that. Because um, Ajax, Marseille, um, I'd rather you did that than Spurs or Chelsea. Because you'd fucking enjoy it and you'd love it. And um, yeah, so uh, whilst I'd love to win all of that and, and, and be talking about it, uh, I think I'd also quite happy to share the love with other clubs and, and see them enjoy it as well. I, I agree with that. I think, I think the point is, Palace are like us. You would enjoy that, and you'd appreciate that uh, in a way that bigger clubs just wouldn't. I'm delighted that we're ahead of you in, in enjoying it, <laughs> but you know, as long as we can win a major trophy, we, we, we wish you all the best, Toby. I, we, we, I'm, I, I wish you all the best in the Europa League. Until the next game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, what, one of the great things is the fact that Liverpool is still in it. Because, yeah. you know, it fundamentally <laughs> suggests to me you're not going to win it. Because if, it, if, if you did, that would be... I, I, we, would, that would, we could beat Liverpool. We could beat Liverpool, but in European competition, they've got that thing about them, haven't they? Liverpool, I don't see Liverpool more than West Ham's trophy, and we've got a great history against West Ham. Um, It was great, talking West Ham, it's brilliant, a couple of, I think it was two weeks ago when they played Fulham, and I was watching the highlights, and West Ham have now got this Champions of Europe, you will never sing that song. And and that that was coming out loud and clear at Craven Cottage as Fulham beat them 5-0 yes, I heard that, yeah. and I, I enjoyed that immensely um, and uh, I, I suggest if you do even if that was the Conference League even if you win the Europa League don't take up don't yeah. sing Champions of Europe <laughs> because it, it, we made yeah. fun of Leeds doing that and that was the Europa <laughs> Europa Cup that is up there with you sing the album in the fucking home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll happily sing that to Man United, but um, Fulham, when they sing like we're far the greatest side the world have ever seen, you know, like, mate, you're Fulham. You know, I don't dislike Fulham, but you're bang average. I've heard Burke Hampstead Town singing that. Yeah, anyone sings that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're so, on. Yes. So tomorrow night then. Tomorrow night is the game, and uh, we we both 
injury stricken, I think. We are, yeah. You've got 132 out, we've got 133 out. Yeah, something like that. So I, I think it's 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 kind of two B teams up against each other. Yep. Who, I'm, my, you know, the biggest thing for me is Jordan Ayew's back. Jordan, and I'm I imagine now, post Zaha, he might be the player you dislike the most. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you someone like who he dislike the most. <laughs> He's um, Jordan Ayew draws more fouls than any player in the Premier League. But every time yeah, I, yeah. I have a drink with someone from Northern Grealish. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. Stats bear it out. Yeah. The, the amazing thing last year, Zaha was top, and I was second. We had the top two most foul players. But the, the amazing thing about Ayu is that he's he's actually not fouled, but he manages to claim fouls. And and it's well, like, I did want to say I thought <laughs> most fouled or most diving. It's not even dived. His his ability to just crumple. I mean, <laughs> and I, I'm a, I'm a massive IU fan, and you know, uh, opposing defender gets close to me, he manages to do He crumples, and we win a free kick, and that's uh, it's a huge skill. And, and just to remind people, your jumper, your Christmas jumper says, "All I want for Christmas, IU." And a picture of oh, and the, um, the, the best new Palace song, you know, um, you know, footsteps by Womack and Womack. Yeah. And I won't take you through the verse, but but when it gets to the chorus, it's and the football doesn't feel like it should with that Jordan Ayew. Oh yeah. There's a there's a long verse which actually does include Brighton. And the football doesn't feel like it should without Jordan. This is the teardrops yeah, on the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those he's one of those players who for several years was kind of oh god I you he's picked I you again and now he's a cult hero, absolute cult hero. Hence he's the only palace player. Only that you could have a Christmas on. jumper on. <laughs> and, I, and I've actually gone out and invested 25 quid. You absolute madman. Just to wear to today. Just, <laughs> no, and tomorrow, obviously. <laughs> it's a jumper. You get away with two days wearing, can't you? Yeah. There you go. Now, on that note, we should wrap it's it up. It's a great so. Christmas jumper for radio, I would say. Say again? A great Christmas jumper for radio. For radio. Ah, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, we move okay. on to tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big game. So, Toby, Clive, thank you very much for joining me. I've absolutely loved it. It's been fantastic. What a great pub. Great recommendation. Come the, back anytime. The Crown and Cushion. Well, maybe before the, uh, before the away game. Come back. Yeah, let's do it. Well, we could do it in the North Star. Evening stop. Evening stop. Evening stop. Could do. Could do. Let's do another one. Let's do another preview. And we might see you. We might see you after the game if we can sort it out. It all depends. <laughs> if it goes to 5-0, we'll, we'll say no. We're all shaking hands. We're all shaking hands here. And that rounds up this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. We move on to tomorrow, Thursday night, Sky, live on Sky. It's the big one. It's not... El Gatwicko. It's not the A23 Derby. It's not the M23 Derby. It's just Brighton Palace, Palace Brighton. Eagles! Eagles! <laughs> till, till next time, stand or fall, up the album. Sports Social Podcast Network.